0: Listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Monday, the twenty-second of November. This is a recap made for you by Sharesies.
1: And in case you don't know, Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create financial empowerment for all.
0: And here's the disclaimer.
1: Investing involves risk you aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with.
0: Any information we provide is general only and current at the time.
1: If you're looking for help with your investment choices we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider.
0: Hi Alice how are you doing? Hey
1: Jose I'm well thank you how are you?
0: I'm very well, thank you. had a great weekend. I trust that you did it as well.
1: I did. And, of course, it's Monday. We're back for another week of recap.
0: I know. It rolls around so quickly. Uh, Let's crack into it because there is actually quite a bit to talk about. What has been happening today, Alice?
1: yeah well kiwi property group released their half year results today for the six months ended the 30th of september 2021 and the group said that they reported an uplift in all key operating metrics compared to last year uh, despite the impact of COVID 19.
0: cool so before we have a look at the results what exactly does kiwi property group do
1: Yeah, the group uh, is listed on the New Zealand Stock Exchange and they manage a portfolio of investment properties in Aotearoa. Uh, They own and manage about $3.5 billion worth of property and then they also manage about $400 million of properties for other third parties. So the group makes money uh, day to day through renting out their properties, uh, like receiving rent from their tenants, as well as management fees from those properties they manage on behalf of other landlords. And then when the value of Kiwi Property Group's property portfolio goes up or down, that also adds to or takes away from their profit.
0: And what sort of properties are we talking about here?
1: Uh, we're talking about retail, so like shopping malls. They're b- behind the lights of Sylvia Park in Auckland, Northland Small in Christchurch, and the Plaza in Palmerston North. Uh, then the group also owns and manages office spaces like the Vero Centre in Auckland. They also manage the Majestic Centre in Wellington. Then on top of all of that, they also have uh, mixed-use properties uh, and then they're building New Zealand's first major build-to-rent development, which is an apartment complex being built at Sylvia Park in Auckland.
0: Great, great breakdown. Thank you for that. So let's get into these results then. What exactly has happened?
1: Yeah, well Kiwi Property Group's net profit after-tax more than doubled from this time last year to $143 million. Uh, It's actually up 164% from this time last year to be exact. Now what's driving that profit is an increase in the value of the investment properties that Kiwi Property Group owns. Those increased $93.6 million uh, which contributed to, to over half of that profit. Now, the group said that their office properties were once again the highest performing of their different property types, but their mixed-use portfolio also had an increase in value.
0: And you said at the start that Kiwi property groups said they did well despite COVID. How did COVID impact the property group?
1: Well, the group said that um, COVID has put significant pressure on a number of businesses and that it's been a challenging period for many of their tenants. So uh, on top of that, uh, Kiwi Property Group has been providing rent relief to their tenants. Uh, um, In fact, $7.4 million worth in the past six months that these results cover. And then the group said that they expect a similar cost for the second half of their financial year.
0: What else did the group say about the outlook for their business?
1: Well, Chairman Mark Ford said that the group has taken a number of important steps forward in the delivery of their strategy over the past six months and their priority is to maintain the pace of this execution. He noted that COVID will continue to cause challenges, but they will tackle them head on as they continue to strive to create long term value for shareholders and other stakeholders.
0: Is there anything else to report from the announcement today?
1: Uh, Just one last thing. The group said that they will be paying out an interim dividend of 2.75 cents per share.
0: Great. Thank you, Alice. All
1: right. From property to petroleum, you've got an update on the future of Marsden Point, Jose.
0: I sure do. So this morning it was confirmed that Marsden Point will definitely cease to be an oil refinery.
1: This is a story we've followed over the past couple of months. Uh, What's the background for anyone just coming in?
0: Are you saying that we need a recap, recap, Alice?
1: I am, but just don't play the sting, please, actually. It's really annoying.
0: So for the last 60 years, New Zealand's only oil refinery has been Marsden Point out on the east coast, just south of Whangarei. And in those 60 years, the refinery has been responsible for supplying all of New Zealand's fuel for shipping, around 60% of all petrol, and most of the country's jet fuel and diesel. Now note that all the crude oil it refines is actually imported from overseas. Uh, It was privatised in the 1980s, like everything else, and handed over to Refining New Zealand, which is a consortium of the five major petrol retailers, including BP, Mobil, and Z Energy.
1: Okay, so why is it going to be closed down?
0: Yeah, so this is what we've been following over the past couple of months, as you said. Uh, Last year, Refining New Zealand announced it was considering moving the refinery to an import-only model. Now, what that means is that they'll import refined fuel and close the refining parts of the operation. The argument was and is that the refinery will That the refinery was becoming less and less competitive here's z energy ceo mike bennett's talking on lunch money back in september and he was discussing why as a shareholder they voted to close it down so there are refineries in the world that are 5 to 10 to 15 times the size of this little thing we have in new zealand that runs very very well so it's disadvantaged by size and it just faces some cost challenges in new zealand so like the cost of energy in new zealand relative to producing a barrel of um, refined fuel is higher than it is in some other countries. Um, Labor costs in New Zealand are higher than in other countries. Um, At a time where there are more refineries in the Asian Pacific region than you really need to have, that means
1: it's just really, really competitive. And COVID just made all of that worse.
0: Now, what was happening was every time its refining margins were too low, Refining NZ would have to go to its shareholder customers for money. So, for example, in the case of Z Energy, they've argued that closing the refinery would free $150 million of capital that they've got tied up in crude oil. And last August, Refining New Zealand got agreements from the main shareholders to close down the refining operations. And that's culminated to this morning's news that the Refining New Zealand board made its final investment decision to transition the refinery to importing and storing uh, refined oil and that was your
1: great thanks for that breakdown jose so how long will the transition take
0: Refining NZ says it'll make the switch in April next year as work is already well underway. But ultimately, the conversion will cost between 200 million and 220 million over the na- over the next five to six years. It'll include a name change from Refining New Zealand to uh, Channel Infrastructure. The company says they have a number of long-term contracts to store fuel and more will be announced. They expect that fees for fuel storage would generate uh, $95 million per year.
1: And finally, what about jobs? I mean, this is a significant operation getting mothballed. Uh, It's looking like jobs will also go.
0: Yeah, the refinery employs around 300 people, and over the next two years, around 230 jobs will be lost. The Refining NZ uh, CEO Naomi James says those workers will be supported to uh, help them find new work in other industries. Now let's look a bit further abroad, Alice. What's been happening in other parts of the world?
1: Well, I've got a snippet of news from the US. It's actually from the electric vehicle space, actually.
0: Mm, Okay, so what news is this?
1: Uh, It's to do with Ford, the global automotive company, and Rivian, the EV startup that we've talked about recently on recap because they just went public about two weeks ago. Now, the companies announced that they've abandoned their plans to develop an electric vehicle together.
0: Interesting. So, from memory, Ford is an investor in Rivian, right?
1: Correct, that's where the story begins. So back in 2019, Ford made a $500 million investment in Rivian, uh, which is 12% of the company. And at the time, the two companies said that they would join forces to develop a Ford-branded EV that featured Rivian's technology. Now later, they said that this would be for Ford's luxury Lincoln brand, but then the pandemic hit, so they scrapped uh, those plans. At the time, though, they said that they would still collaborate with each other to develop an alternative vehicle. That's the one that on Friday, Ford and Rivian said had now been cancelled.
0: Did either company say why they came to that decision? Decision?
1: They did. Ford CEO Jim Farley said that so much has changed since they first made their investment into Rivian. He pointed to Ford developing their own electric vehicles and that they have growing confidence in their ability to win in the electric space. Farley also said that part of the reason to not go ahead with the collab are the challenges of merging the two companies, hardware and softwares together.
0: And what did Rivian have to say?
1: Well Rivian uh, said that Ford, as Ford has scaled their own EV strategy and demand for Rivian vehicles has grown, the two companies have mutually decided to focus on their own projects and deliveries.
0: So where do Rivian and Ford stand now? I mean, as we pointed out, Ford is a shareholder in Rivian.
1: Yeah, they they appear to be on good terms. Uh, Rivian said that their relationship with Ford is an important part of their journey. Uh, Ford remains an investor and an ally on their shared path to an electrified future.
0: Oh, that's good to hear. Thanks very much, Alice.
1: And that was Recap for the 22nd of November. Thanks so much for listening.
0: Absolutely. Now, don't forget to give us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. We'd like that if you can. And if you'd like to get in touch, our email is recap at nz. You can also leave a voice message. There's a link at the episode description.
1: Have a great evening and we will see you tomorrow.
0: We sure will. matiwa.